football pod on OTB Sports. And the best thing about Dublin all through their great period was the fact that they had these characters that when it came to the big moments and embraced the ground shaking crop The football pod is available every Tuesday exclusively on the OTB Sports app. OTB's The Hurling Pod with James Skell and Paul Murphy. People of Galway, we love you! I don't want to leave the people of Warford down, you know, because they're my life, you know. People of Warford are my life, you know, and I, 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 love, I, love, I love my county, you know. We love Jumbaland! It's almost like they're afraid to kind of mm. go and hurl and yep. just let themselves express themselves. They're, it's like as if they're nearly afraid to make a mistake and sometimes you have to make a mistake and just throw off that bit of nervousness and have a go. Yeah, it's pure constipated hurling. Welcome along to episode 21 of the Hurling Pod. It is our All-Ireland Final Preview Special. This one doesn't need much of a hard sale, really. It is the first meeting between Kilkenny and Limerick in a final since 2007. The Cats won back then by 219 to 115. The only player who's still around from that game is TJ Reid, Kilkenny's hero from their semi-final victory against Clare a couple of weeks ago. Prior to that, the teams hadn't met in the final since 1974. This will be Limerick's fourth appearance in five seasons in the final, missing out in 2019 when they lost out to Kilkenny in the semi-finals of the championship. They will be bidding to win three in a row in the All-Ireland for their first time in their history, a feat that was last achieved by Kilkenny back in 2008. Kilkenny, it feels like a major drought as well. They haven't lifted the Liam McCarthy since 2015, but if they do so this coming Sunday, it'll be a remarkable 12th for Brian Cody. It is a mouth-watering final ahead. Delighted to say James Scales with me. James, how are you getting on? Very well, guys. How are you? And I have to give Paul Murphy his full title now. All-Ireland Hurling Championship, four medals. All-Ireland Intermediate Hurling Championship. All-Ireland Under-21. All-Ireland Club Junior Hurling Championship with Dainsford. And also now, an All-Ireland Junior Football Championship winner after Kilkenny's victory against New York, 3-12 to 1-9. Paul Murphy, it's a good CV you've put together of All-Ireland medals there. But where does this junior football title in the first for Kilkenny rank among them? Ah, sure, look, it's, I don't know, um, <laughs> tough trying to rank them all. Like, I was explaining to lads during the week that, um, like, my f- probably most important All-Ireland was the Junior Club All-Ireland, uh, one with Dane's Fort in 2007. But just, you know, there's so many reasons for it. Uh, but what I was explaining to lads, basically, is that it's nothing to do with how many people are in the stadium or an- anything to do with that. It's just, you know, being on a journey with a group of lads, getting to play in Crow Park and taking home a bit of silverware. So, ah, look, it's somewhere in the middle of them there. I'm not going to tell lads it's it's the greatest one I ever won, but... Um, we had a brilliant day yesterday we had a brilliant weekend um, and there was lads yesterday coming away from Crow Park 10 feet tall because I think a lot of lads never probably thought that they wouldn't have an opportunity to be in Crow Park as part of a team to maybe take home a bit of their silverware like it was a July a sunny day in Crow Park playing before one of the biggest games in the GA calendar Kerry and, and Dublin and uh, like a big one for us was after the game we were all celebrating we all thought it was great and lads were kind of humming and hawing about will we go and do a lap of honour and sure we just said look come on we'll go and do it and the Kerry and Dublin supporters the, the, the handful of people that were in there before the game like people started standing up and just clapping and acknowledging that you'd won a cup like so there was lads were delighted it was absolutely brilliant so to be part of that I was I had a great day yesterday it was absolutely brilliant yeah, and look, watching the game on GA Go, you seem to have a reasonably free role, despite the fact you were in the number three shirt. You were allowed to kind of wander around and sweep a little bit. Was that a deliberate tactic to give you a bit of freedom when you're in possession? No, it was, um, I suppose the way football is, is just that teams drop back that little bit more and the full back line maybe find themselves free. Um, 
and at times I was marking but then there was times where you'd rotate maybe a cornerback would make a run up the pitch and he'd come back and then you'd say listen you sit there on the 14 mark mark the man and I'll just sit out a little bit further and then maybe get him one or two balls so there, you know it's kind of 50-50 for the game I was marking a guy for you know for a bit of it but then at the same time you just find yourself free so the way football is you just go and move around the pitch and try and get yourself on the ball so it wasn't a deliberate tactic by us by any means um, I think it's just the way I suppose football is played at the moment and the way the teams drop back because I was wondering was this a case of you were talking about being a forward earlier this year and then inevitably end up in the full back line again I was wondering were you just kind of frustrated having to play there and went right I'm just going to bomb forward uh, no, no, not, not at all. Like uh, the lads kind of explained it to me that obviously, like I mean, again, goes back to football now that even if you are playing full back, it's not that you stand on the edge of the D and you just stand there. Like you, you know, you look at any games. There's there's players all over the pitch, including goalkeepers bombing forward now. So it was really just a case of okay, you're playing full back, but you have license to when we're in possession, go and support the play going forward. Um, didn't do it a whole lot in Abbottstown the other night. Um, so then I was just kind of conscious that you know make a few runs up the pitch. Um, I suppose coming from deep, maybe breaking old tackle and get through into the other, in, into the New York's half and pop off a pass. So I just came through once or twice. I went for a shot at one stage and I went wide. Um, so I kind of said, right, I won't I won't keep shooting now for the rest of the game. But I was slightly heartened in the sec- when we watched the second game. Brian Fenton hit a wide into Hill 16, so I didn't feel too bad about myself. And so did Davy Clifford. So I was like, Astro, look, even the greats do it as well. So I didn't feel too bad about myself there. <laughs> it was the only way I could get my own name into Brian Fenton and Davy Clifford <laughs> in football. So that's the only I could do. Some very decent players in your team too. Um, your free taker has got a lovely style of free taking, uh, particularly in the first half. He popped over uh, some lovely scores into the Hill 16 end. I thought Mick Kenny was really, really good during the game too. I mean, mm. like we talk about Kilkenny football and what's potentially there. There's some nice footballers in that team, Paul. Yeah, that's it. Um, and you look, I, I've been saying it to lads that there is there's really good footballers in Kilkenny, um, and some are in the woodwork, and some are some we've got them out of the woodwork. But I'd like to make Kenny has been around, and Mick Malone, they're probably you know two of the main lads for us, Jer Malone as well. Um, but they're really good footballers, and you know they'd be competing on if they're in any other county, they'd be pushing for places on really any county, let's say um, outside the top four or something. That they they would be putting their hand up for a jersey with those teams um, and I think a lot of other players who maybe are in the woodwork are looking at that now going maybe maybe I, I will play this and you know like let's say in the years going forward but anybody who was at the game in Abbottstown on Friday night nobody came away from that game thinking it was a bad game of football it was a great game I think it was 3-11 to 2-9 it finished up you know lots of goals lots of really open play um, but you know we we heard from the London people and from the New York people in Warwickshire and, and and all neutrals that were there kind of they were shockingly surprised that you know that we had a structure that we had a system that players were well able to play okay the handling might have been great at times but lads were going actually you do have a core of, of players here that you can actually play so that is there it's in Kilkenny and I think at the moment it's just a matter of saying look this is something to make it attractive for really good players and more and more players to put their hand up and say actually you know I will play and I will be involved because there's many more Mick Kennys there there's many more Mick Malones there that could be the real the, the core of a Kilkenny football team there was a bit of compromise to make sure this happened the training on the Monday the fact it was a short season was there to attract players in too it'll probably take a little bit more commitment if Kilkenny want to work back up the levels and particularly talk about maybe getting back to the National Football League after a decade away is there a chance to actually build on this or what is the hope among your panel about where you might actually go from here? Yeah, the hope is, for, among the panel certainly, is that, you know, the, the the move will be made to step back into Division 4 at some stage. Like, not necessarily saying next year. Like, I, I do believe that there are players, again, in Kilkenny that Kilkenny could step into Division 4 next year, no problem, if we knew those players would be involved. Um, 
but it may be a short turnaround to do that but certainly within the next two years anyway I think Kenny could step back into Division 4 and and that would be the plan um, and and like I think like you said there you know our training was mostly on Monday nights um, every player that you saw on the pitch yesterday or even on the panel is training three nights a week with their own club there was times there where we were training Monday night football Tuesday night with your club you might have Wednesday night off, Thursday night you'd have a football match, Friday you're with your club and then Sunday. You know, that was the general routine. So you might be playing two or three matches a week. That's not sustainable going forward. So like realistically, what has to happen is that, you know, clubs have to understand that if, if Kilkenny are to go back into the Division 4 in football, you know, these players have to be given the space to actually go and train consistently with the football team. And that's, that's a bit of ground that we have to earn back from the hurling. Um, but it, it, it has to happen to afford players the opportunity because there are players who want to play in Division 4 and like you know when we were on the road show there two weeks ago um, and you know we were chatting to Podge Collins and Colin Collins afterwards I was saying to them like Colin Collins' boys were, were disappointed after losing to Derry understandably enough but I was saying to them I said lads Kilkenny's goal and dream at the moment is the day we get to talk out against Clare against Limericks against all these that's our goal at the moment like you know so each team's and county's goals are, are relative to their own but that's where we are at the moment and like after the game we were talking about we are saying it absolutely is achievable it 100% is achievable at the moment and I think now if, if they want it to happen now is the time to do it because there's a little bit of attention on it at the moment and you know the, maybe the ground the, the groundwork is laid now to actually go and right we'll make a crack at getting back in division four and put a bit of shape on this Ah, look, it looks like you really enjoyed yourselves as well. I was looking at the picture which you put up with a kind of a sense of irony last night outside Nolan Park with the home of football and bringing the cup back. As much as we'll kind of joke around that, at the same time, obviously, you guys have a bit of crack around this as well. It's an unusual championship where it's two games in three days as well. That's it. Like, no one's, you know, under any other illusion as to what, you know, the whole year and where Kilkenny football is and everything. It's, it's great to just be talking about it in a positive light. Look, it was a junior final, but nevertheless, it was an All-Ireland medal. It's, a, it's an All-Ireland Cup. It's, you know, it is what it is. And it's a positive step forward. Um, I think the whole thing about it is, look, lads appreciate that, like, especially with the week that's in it, you know, Kilkenny are going to try and win an All-Ireland um, at the highest level in hurling. But nevertheless, we have a group of players here that are going about it. And it's kind of tongue-in-cheek as well. Like I put up the oak, obviously, as a bit of a laugh because the bunting is up for the All-Ireland Week and the jersey's up and Nolan Park. You say the name Nolan Park, you think hurling. But I suppose it's all just the fact that we were enjoying our day, we were enjoying our weekend and that we brought a, a football trophy back to, to Nolan Park. Well, we're only... I suppose lads were dropping the gear bags there last night before heading down to town. But uh, yeah, it was just, uh, I suppose, having a bit of a crack. And I think, look, people are enjoying it. The, re- the reaction's been very positive in terms of lads saying fair play, well done. And even yesterday, there's a great video on Twitter of us when we're doing the, the lap of honour. There was one Kilkenny supporter up on Hill 16 <laughs> waving a flag and we all saw him. And it was just, it was this great moment that the Dublin and Kerry fans were ready to crowd out Hill 16. And here was a lone Kilkenny supporter head to toe in Kilkenny gear with a flag. So we're well aware of like that. It's, it's a, we're in a very small group in Kilkenny, but we're, we're going to enjoy our moment nonetheless. And you were telling us just before we recorded, a few chancers on your panel went over and managed to get Kerry jerseys after the game. But yeah, there was. Jeez, they were thinking. They were thinking sharp now at the time because obviously we were in the Cusick stand, and after the game, lads were swapping jerseys and whatever, and holding on to them or whatever their, their plans were. But we came around, got a bit of food under the Hogan stand, and uh, there was lads holding their Kilkenny jerseys. And I said, "Lads, what are you doing?" They said, "Look, I don't know if there's a chance here that I'm going to pass by a Dublin footballer or a Kerry footballer or whoever." but the chance that I might get a jersey, I can't pass it up. So we got down the tunnel after the game. Now, we were held back maybe 10 minutes, obviously enough to let the players clear off the pitch and so on. 
and we were making our way to the bus and as we went down the tunnel I think lads just made a, a quick little dart down the tunnel down to right or left to find the kit man find the player find the sub and sure uh, we got on the bus anyway and there was players holding up Paddy Clifford's jersey Stephen O'Brien's jersey whoever and they were like it was like they were holding a pot of gold they thought this was absolutely <laughs> unbelievable so to have a Kerry jersey there I didn't see any Dublin jerseys but to have a Kerry jersey there on the bus that was after playing in one of the greatest games there ever was um like lads were absolutely beaming so we have good footballers and we have chancers as well on the team so it's a good mix you sure I do James I promise that's as much Gaelic football chat as we're going to have <laughs> on the pod this year because we were talking about the Gaelic football during the week and what did you say Skell we're actually putting a quota on the amount of Gaelic football posts that can go in the WhatsApp yeah I just record as well really, so I just struggle to get my one year old to sleep sometimes so I'm just going to replay this for her <laughs> okay I just might put her off <laughs> well congrats to you Murph Thanks not very easy, much, James. Not, not easy with a title in two codes. Ah, yeah. Thanks very much. No, it was great crack. Appreciate your support, even though I know you don't like it in the podcast. No, while, well, I was thinking, <laughs> while, while Murphy was plucking balls out of the sky in Crow Park, I was in the bog. <laughs> Bringing home turf. That's Proper what I was doing, so. <laughs> yeah, you're, leaving, you're leaving the high life, my friend. <laughs> Right, well, Skell, if Kilkenny are going for the double, which Paul kind of held back in saying, but I could kind of feel it in the back of his voice, he wants to say that the double is potentially on this coming weekend. We had Bo Lawler in contact on Instagram with one of the first questions before we dig into detail on the game itself. All-Ireland final week, what's the week like for them as players? Are you avoiding people? What's the week like? Skell, what were you like on All-Ireland final weeks then? I think uh, my first and last All-Irelands like, were, were, were contrasting times. You could say the first one was just... It was quite exciting, you know. It was it was new territory to us. Um, at that time, they say, "Oh, I wouldn't have been in Ireland on a regular basis." Like we'd only been in, we're averaging kind of two final appearances per decade. So the cold place is kind of in a in a an era of hysteria. So that was uh, that was one thing to get it over. But at that time, they say, I I would admit probably the first one you were kind of liaising with people, talking to people. Everyone was excited. They were talking about the match. It was all kind of it was all consuming. Whether it be your family, friends parishioners whatever it was I'd say and uh, I won't say it distracted you but just you you were you weren't as conscious or aware of <clears throat> all the people around there you wanted to get access to you as you were in your future years and then on the last one it was kind of where just pure block it out forget about it because you just you, you learned that it was completely irrelevant that you know when you're on the pitch you're you're by yourself with your teammates so what people say beyond the group or, or about the group or coming up to your game is completely irrelevant but it was a great time like I I, I always look forward to it um You'd be kind of <clears throat> your 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 nervousness level would be building as the week progresses. So like it, it hit the Monday and it's the week is coming. Then towards you get Friday, the little stomach starts twisting a small bit. You know that's the way I'd be. And then you'd be just waiting for the match to start. Like the week I found would be the slowest week of of all year because you're just itching for the game to come. But like that, when you're nervous, everything seems to slow down. You know what I mean? Um, so when the game came along, then it was just a great occasion. I loved everything about Ireland final day. Whether it be just meeting the lads in the morning, whether it be you know the Gerd Escort was great, you know the stadium was great, running out the pitch was excellent, the presence was grand. So all that all that is involved with an Ireland final appearance is like is is moments that that should be cherished, and I still cherish them regardless if we won or lost. You know, so it's it's good for the guys. Like obviously Limerick are well and truly used to it, and a good portion of the Kenny boys are too. But I was just looking at their their starters. There's a number of guys that haven't featured in one yet, so this is new territory for them. So it's 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 ground fresh. So something to look forward to. Yeah, Brian Cody was saying that during the week as well, James, when he was chatting to Dushing Langan. He was saying there's three or four lads there who haven't had this experience before because they weren't around in the Kilkenny panel in 2019. <laughs> but he was saying sometimes that brings a good kind of energy too because you've got guys who are fresh and guys who are excited about it. I mean, when you think back to what, about 10 years ago when you would have been involved in your first All-Ireland final, like I presume 
whatever nervous energy you have, there's probably quite a bit of positive energy going into an All-Ireland final week too when it is new. Yeah, it certainly is because, you know, you've never been in a final to be defeated, you know, and there's, there's no negative baggage or, or anything like that coming with you. Um, I suppose in, in our first situation, you're probably referencing yourselves in 12 years, the first mm. one. Um, look, face the Kilkenny team who we're going to, we were going to face for the... It was the second time, um, the first day, do you know what I mean? The second time we we're going to face them that year. Like, and they, they were very, very strong at the time, let's say. So, but instead of approaching it like, with an element of nervousness, which we did on our own performance, like, we were really looking forward to challenge them. You know, that's what we were. We were the challengers, essentially. You know, they had the title. We were, we were trying to take it off them. Um, and I was lo- I'm looking here to say this. I'm saying from the 2019 uh, Ireland final, Kenny have seven starters that will be, be starting. You'd assume we'll be starting on Sunday. Whereas... Limerick have 15 starters that have got have played in, as you said yourself, you know, four of the last five five finals. So they're, they're bringing a different dimension to, in terms of experience. But again, those guys coming into the Kenny squad now that haven't been in in the in a final, they don't know really what. They, obviously, they know what it's about, etc. They'll they'll feed off the experienced guys in the panel, but they'll come into this like completely afresh, and there's no baggage, if you know what I mean. I know I repeat that word, and they're liable to do anything. I just think of Walter Walsh, you know, his performance in his first Ireland in 12 in the replay. Like he was an unknown entity entirely. We didn't know about him at all. And he comes on, I think he scores two, three, man the match. So that's that's newcomer. So I know everyone will point to experience. And experience is important in big moments, don't get me wrong. But you can't beat youthfulness, exuberance, you know, and just a guy willing to go out, go out and give it his best shot on his first attempt. Yeah. Paul, that kind of reminds me, Walter Welsh being one, Shane O'Donnell probably being the other, where he gets the news on the team buses coming around the corner to Crow Park. Actually, you're coming in to start in this All-Ireland final replay and two guys that just hurled with abandon and banged in goals for their team to win. Um, what's Paul Murphy like on the week of an All-Ireland final then, given that you've just done a week of an All-Ireland final? Yeah. Um, yeah James hit the, nails in the, the nail in the head there, really, in terms of um, the preparation. Like, the first one, for any of the lads experiencing the first one, like, I was in bed and asleep by half nine or ten o'clock the, the night of my first one because I was just so looking forward to it. And, like, I don't think you feel, in your first one, you feel a huge amount of pressure because, like... Uh, I, I was always thinking that okay this is my first All-Ireland I'm not one of the big names here everyone's looking at Henry and Tommy and JJ and Owen Kelly whoever they're all looking at them so you didn't feel that there was a huge amount of pressure on you but then you fast forward to 2012 when we were playing the boys in the final and they were after giving us a, a good beating like in the Leinster final and it's funny James the, exactly what you said there of you know the stomach twists a small bit like, randomly in the week into it could be the, the Wednesday suddenly a belt of nerves you could be doing nothing you could be just sitting at home watching exactly. telly and sitting on the couch and suddenly your stomach just twists a small bit and you go yeah. Jesus oh, what's shit. that yeah. it's like the body knows something's coming down the line here and that a lot of that is down to you have 15 tickets to hand out you have gear to sort you have to go and collect this there's lots of stuff that goes and everything is pointed towards Sunday um, but it's a random kind of an experience it's not that you're overwhelmed by nerves but suddenly as you're getting closer to the day you kind of go, oh, the, the stomach, you could be absolutely fine. Someone gets a little twist and it just reminds you, you have a big match on Sunday, something like this. And only an Ireland final does that. Um, but generally, I was always great, really enjoyed it. Like James said, I always loved it. And I loved the happiest place I was in the run into an Ireland final was getting to go into Nolan Park and train the week of it because it was like, I suppose, you were getting a bit of an appetizer for the fight because lads, were, it was great atmosphere. Lads were buzzing. There was always, you know, and it was always good weather. So you were just, there was just a great atmosphere about it. Um, but each one's, uh, each of them were kind of different um like after 2013 let's say when we were beaten in the quarter final i remember after we went myself and richie hogan went to um 
the the final that year and we went out in the town for a few pints and afterwards Richie said right that's it we're going to be in it next year we're not going to be going out watching one you know having a few pints so when it rolled around the following year and we were back in it I was kind of back to the thing again of season that day of like look go and enjoy it and everything so for each player it's different but I, I enjoyed the run into them I loved the running into it um, there was a little bit of nerves involved there's a little bit of making sure that your house is in order from a, a bit out and there's also a little bit of having to be selfish like I didn't like overly talking to people about the final coming into it I didn't like people coming up going you know is is Richie Hogan injured is TJ injured I heard you know Conor Fogarty is flying it in training I didn't like having to constantly talk about that because I, did, I wasn't going to tell anyone anything anyway even if they were flying it in training even if they were injured I wasn't going to tell them so constantly having conversations that you're lying to people basically was tiring at times you know so and that's no offense to anybody but that was just part of my preparation so um i i enjoyed every bit of it um and they're just but they take a huge amount out of players like you know it's it, it is a huge thing because the week the week is so frantic um they're to be enjoyed and then the day itself it's a long day it's a long day in the body it's a long day in the mind so it is a tough tiring experience but it's, it's absolutely brilliant and and my all my experiences were excellent with the whole lot of them you know, the guy I feel for Paul is when the team is named internally during the week and a different team goes out to the media to be named and someone probably knows they've been told by the manager they're going to be replaced on game day. So it's your name to start, but you're probably not going to start. But yeah. you got to keep it quiet between then and Sunday because you can't afford anyone to find out. Yeah, that's it. And there's... Uh there, there's a huge element of you know taking one for the team there because it's obviously important. If that is happening, it's obviously important that you know, that that is kept under wraps until the day because maybe it's part of a plan that, you know, will will give them something they're not expecting. And usually it's a forward or something, you know, usually it's not like centre back or something, but usually it's, you know, a corner forward or a wing forward. And the likes of Walter Welsh, I don't think that was, you know, I think he was named on the Friday night that he would start, but obviously that was something for Galway, like going, God, there's a lot they're they're starting a fella here six foot five, you know, nineteen years of age or whatever Walter was. So that in itself was a bit of a whiz bang. But it's interesting when you think like obviously when we're going back to it there of, of talking about people playing their first ones or people being told at short notice if you look at 2012 13 and 14 the, the, the man of the match they were both three drawn games obviously but the, the, the games that are actually won the three lads who won man of the match didn't play the first day so obviously Shane O'Donnell wasn't there the first day um, uh, oh sorry Walter Welch wasn't there the first day Shane O'Donnell wasn't there the first day in 2013 and then Kieran Joyce won it in 2014 and he wasn't playing the first day so it's interesting that the effect of maybe last minute notice on a few newer players that it could you know you're just sprung you don't have time to think about it so you just play the match like it's a new match like it's any match you're playing a challenge match or anything you don't have time to get overwhelmed by it so the whole run into it you know there's so many things that can happen it's probably what makes All-Ireland Day special and again you go back to like Shane O'Donnell a man basically exploded out of nowhere three goals in All-Ireland Final and is forevermore a hero in player regardless what he does so it, it is interesting like you're saying that someone could be sprung there now on Friday night who might be a little bit unspec- un- uh, unexpected and could become the hero on Sunday and like you said another player will probably have to keep that under wraps Friday evening tell his family that he is starting even though he isn't but I don't know if that is going to be the case for either team this week yeah I think if it's going to happen it's far more likely to be on the Kilkenny side than the Limerick side with Limerick I think James you know what you're going to get and Wayne Donlan's been in contact the question that we probably got in the most uh, over the last 24 hours is Keane Lynch going to start and that's probably going to be the talk in Limerick and in Kilkenny over the next few days we got to see a bit of Keane Lynch a cameo performance on the bench in the semi-final 
The question now is, does John Kiley put him straight into the team, James, for this weekend? Um, I can't see how he wouldn't, to be honest. And the, but the question is, where do you put him? And if I'm John Kiley, I, I've uh, I've dropped out of one of them and put in Lynch to midfield. Um, look, just it's 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 harsh, but you can't leave a lad of his quality on the bench. But I haven't started Peter Casey. <laughs> I'm talking like as if I'm the manager here. I haven't started him. No, he's not starting. <laughs> I've left in Graham Mulcahy going forward. I've put Keane Lynch into midfield, and I've left. I've left the rest as is. Um, he's just too good. That's it. In the story, he's too good. If the likes of Kenning, if TJ Reid, if Tony Kelly, these guys were injured for a prolonged spell and were available for final, would the respective managers play them? 100%. You know, and, the, and the same applies here. I think what happens with Limerick sometimes is we look at the rest of their forward unit and we look at the brilliance of Galan and Flanagan and Hegarty and Hayes and we say nearly somewhat, just they won't need Lynch to start. Of course they do. They need to give absolutely everything to the first half against Kenny because that's what they're, uh, they're going to be receiving. Like Kenny. Notably, they start strong all, all the time. Always start strong, start heavy, work fierce hard. So you're going to have to get get match them and exceed them for the first twenty minutes. And you need you need ball players like Keane Lynch. And when you put in a Keane Lynch person, you take the you know there's there's an interesting dilemma now or an interesting angle of this to Mikey Butler. I know it's a question: who is he going to take up? You know, and there's there's four lads he could take up. To be honest, so I, I can't wait to see who's, who he's going to follow. I do, I can't see him going out to Keane Lynch if he starts in midfield. I just don't. I, I can see him picking up a Galan type person who needs uh, a lot of close marshalling. But um, that's an interesting dynamic itself. But look, answer your question, Will. Keenan starts all day for me. Right. We can get back to the debate around who Mikey Butler is going to pick up and where Galan is potentially going to drift in a moment. But, Paul, when it comes to the question around Keen Lynch, you felt last week if someone's going to miss out, Mulcahy might be the one to drop as opposed to a midfielder dropping to the bench. Yeah, I think so. Like, I think Keen Lynch does start. And I think, unfortunately, and look, it's just going off. You know, Graham Mulcahy kind of in the latter end of the championship as now we've we're starting to see him on on the on the starting list. But you know, he has been in and out, and there's been a few players you know for Limerick that that has been their job for the last while. Maybe they start and you know come off after about forty minutes, or maybe they're just introduced you know as a sub with twenty minutes to go. And if you no, know, the indications maybe would be that Graham Mulcahy will be that player. And it's I suppose it's tough to say because he's a great player. He's been a great servant for Limerick, but. You know, these days are there to be won. I think Keane Lynch will start. And I think there's two reasons why he would. Look, let's say if he's 95%, we'll call it that he's 95%. Those players, you're better off nearly starting them if you have any plan to play them at all. Because if they come on, get injured, and you have to take them off, that's two substitutions gone. Um, Keane Lynch, the last day, I think he, what, he got on maybe two, three balls grand. But I think John Kiley would rather get him into the game earlier and ha- be involved and be at the pitch of the game. There's some players, like we saw David Reedy, comes in with you know 10 or 15 minutes ago or whatever it is, like you know has a real impact basically coming down the home straight um, I've no doubt of Keane Lynch's capabilities to, to potentially do that but I think where his strengths are is starting the game and con- and being influential throughout the game so I think that's where he goes so I think he does go in centre forward I think they will start him Kyle Hayes obviously will have to move then and like I said last week I think what will possibly happen is they'll just put 15 on Kyle Hayes' back maybe and say listen we don't want you in the, inside there in the full forward line. What we want you to do is we ask a few questions of the full back line. Get out around middle of the field, centre forward, wherever you want to go. But what we want you to do is get that ball and be running at the Kilkenny goal. We don't want you getting the ball with your back to the Kilkenny goal. We want you running at it. So I think that's the switch that Limerick will make. And I don't see them touching their midfield because their midfield is is a very strong midfield. They get on ball. They're, very, they're, they're influential in their own way of breaking up play. So I think... Um, the, the, the Limerick midfield stays as is Keen Lynch centre forward and Kyle Hazel drop into the corner Alright Paul to pick up James's point there a second ago about Galan in the Kilkenny defence who's picking Galan up? 
Mikey Butler. Um, I think Mikey Butler picks him up. 2019, Huey Lawler picked him up because Galan was starting full forward, if I'm right, that day. Um, I don't think... I don't think it was a case that we went man-marking that day and, and Huey Lawler was told to go for Aaron Galan. Maybe he was, but my memory was that Galan started full forward that day. Yeah, so... Like with Flanagan in there now, um, in around kind of holding the full forward position, and we see what Gillan is doing, drifting out, starting at starting in and around the D, and making that break out in open space to get onto a ball and then popping it over. What you want there is a fella that's just going to stick to you and stick to that player and just flick and flick and flick and just be just annoy them, just absolutely annoy. Them. And you need someone to have the legs to do that. You know, the legs to last second make a burst over you know 30, 40 yards to stick. You know, go toe to toe, Galan to do that. If Galan gets a ball, you know, a tigerish kind of defender, and all those things are just pointing that Mikey Butler will do that. And I don't think it's a case that this week, you know. Brian will have to protect Mikey Butler from it now because obviously he got a lot of attention after the Tony Kelly thing. I don't think he's that type of player. I think Brian will just go, you're marking Aaron Galan and that's it and on you go. And I think Kenny might do that just for Galan and anyone else after that. Potentially Keen Lynch, maybe. I don't know. But I don't think Kenny will overuse that card. I don't think they'll say, all right, we're going to go with all matchups. Um, but Mikey Butler for me would be the man for Galan. Mm. That could be a hell of a battle, Skell. You've got the slipperiest customer around in Aaron Galan and Mikey Butler, who's shown in the last day what he can do when he sticks to an opponent. That could be one of the real key battles if they end up going toe to toe. Yeah, but see, it's horses for courses too. So if we if we were to, to to put Mikey Butler into the situation uh, of the the semi final against against Galway Limerick, excuse me, you'd say he'd be well able to marshal Galan there, like say, where the ball is into open space, and Limerick do it very well. It's Quaid to Nash or Quaid to. To, to Finn Finn to Donovan or Donahue and then into the corner you know, where Galan is moving his movement is absolutely excellent so if that's the kind of style of play that Limerick are going to adopt which you'd imagine they will for a large portion of the game you need someone like Mikey Butler to be absolutely glue tight to Galan and to be there on arrival like I think if Galan is such a good shooter and his range of shooting body motion is so good that he can shoot nearly over his shoulder somewhat and still score so if you're going to have any chance against him you need to be there when the ball's arriving a bit like Dahi got couple of times he was hitting the hurl as he was bouncing to Galan. That's your only shot. If you give him a chance to get out in front of you, you're in serious trouble. But the thing with Galan, and I'd, I'd say Lawler will take up Flanagan, I'd imagine. Flanagan will probably roam around the place and I think Flanagan will find himself in those pockets of space this this week because I'd say if Galan is on Butler, then Limerick are going to pump in a few high balls into him. And we know how good Galan is in the air. I'd just be interested to see how, how, how that's, that's adopted because Galan, we've seen him throughout the years he does this kind of in-behind move whereby he gets obviously in-behind a, a hurler and kind of catches the ball out over him and then turns and it's a free range of goal. So I think in this instance, if, if they do put Butler on him, you can see that happen a lot more. You know, And I think if you're looking at a player who might have the pace of Butler, then Galang is out into space and vice versa. You know, So I think it's kind of horses for courses. So, they, But then again, sure, like... I haven't really seen Mikey Butler in the air being tested in a one-on-one situation in the full back line. So again, I'm interested to see that. But like history will show that the Kenny lads are well able to win their own ball. So his job, Mikey Butler, is just get head to ground. Get head to ground and the cavalry will arrive. But just don't let the Galang get primary possession. Whether it's on the ground, coming in low ball or coming in high, just don't let him get into his hand because he's too dangerous. Paul, when it comes to how Kilkenny are likely to sit up for this, given how well they've played in the semi-final, do we think they're going to play same personnel, probably very similar system again? 
Um, I I don't think they'll. It's, yeah, it's a tough one to call. Like the the system, see, the system wasn't overly tested. Their system wasn't overly tested against Clare in terms of exposed for because Clare didn't go at them hard enough for Limerick to look at it and go, okay, well this is Kilkenny's system and okay, I can see a few things we might poke holes in here. I think if if Clare did test it, Kilkenny maybe would change it up a little bit more because they don't want Limerick poking holes in what Kilkenny are going to do. But they could go very similar again, yeah, because it first of all it was so effective the last day. And like I said, there wasn't so much pushback from Clare that there was weaknesses showing up. So if that was team was good enough to beat um or the system and, and personnel was good enough to beat Clare the last day without being overly tested, well it's it's nearly like a fresh hand again to go against uh to go against Limerick. I do expect what Brian will do regardless will be he'll maybe place one or two lads like he's in if we saw Adrian Mullen starting at midfield and then drifting to right half forward he might start at right half forward and then come out to midfield and maybe ask questions that way I do expect Brian to move players around so very similar personnel maybe maybe one or two changes I don't know but you know he maybe will move the likes of Adrian Mullen and Owen Cody and TJ and he's just to ask a few questions of Limerick and maybe to try and identify have Limerick actually targeted anyone have Limerick said listen you are going with which I don't think Limerick will do but I think it's just as well that, that the Kilkenny management will move players around to see is there any indications here that they've identified any of our players as okay you have to go with him you are going to man mark that person because if that does happen well then Kilkenny can look at that and go okay there's something here they're obviously quite you know they're obviously quite concerned about Owen Cody here being close to goal or they're concerned about Massey Q or you know these these sort of matchups so um, I think that's the only way Kilkenny maybe will play the same personnel but maybe move them around a small bit start them in different positions and just see how Limerick react to that start and but other than that I don't see a lot of wholesale changes to this Kilkenny, the, the Kilkenny team. Can, can I ask you a question, Mark? Yeah. When, when, you, when you think about these moves that are made, is, is that Cody? Is he the tactician or is there someone in the, in the background? Like, Cody would have his own ideas in terms of, like, I, from my understanding of it, and this is from never having sat in with their conversations, <laughs> obviously, like, so your, your ideas as much as mine, but uh, I think Brian obviously has his own ideas and it's kind of a case of argue against why this shouldn't happen and then you know lads make an argument and I think if a, if an argument is valid then okay I, I see where that's coming from I think no I think the lads do have their speak and I think they go you know they see patterns in training and like, this is the thing with Kilkenny training from my own experience and look again you're free to speak about Galway's experience and maybe it's the exact same but you know th- there'll be indications in training that certain person's going well in certain position and they'll identify that after training each night to say look is everyone seeing the same thing here are we all on the same page this is good this is happening so on so it's not a surprise when you come to a team or a management meeting out from an All-Ireland I think Brian goes in with very strong opinions obviously enough into those meetings and it's kind of a case of argue against why this shouldn't happen that would be my impression of it um, in terms of tactician I think he trusts the lads around him as well I think the lads do come with tactics um, but Brian would have his own obviously ideas uh, of to how to shake up a team and what should happen and not only the tactics but what each person brings to that position in terms of maybe a physicality maybe a bit of you know a bit of aggression like Eddie Brennan was played the All-Ireland final in 2011 when he hadn't started any other games but I think what Brian said Eddie would bring to that Eddie was obviously flying it and training but Eddie would bring a fire to that kind of forward line and like Eddie was going around hitting Paddy Maradons hitting Mickey Cal like real kind of 
old dog for the hard road sort of stuff like as in a lot of be walking out and it'd be just a free out and then he'd just go and hit my shoulder and walk away and your man would be sitting on his arse or something I remember he did it to Mickey Cal at one stage clever stuff like that and Brian would be even thinking of that like he'd be thinking you know I could throw someone in here now that will there'll be maybe a bit of devilment in him there might be something that'll throw a player off if he sees a young player you know, Brian might go for go for blood there. Again, I think of Eddie Brennan 2007 against Limerick. Seamus Hickey was in the corner. Mm-hmm. Get Eddie Brennan in there and Eddie Brennan <coughs> will love seeing a young fella stand in the corner. So I think that's, Brian will also bring that to meetings, not just tactics, but what about personality matchups? What about these two together? That's something he thinks of as well. James, I'm very interested to see how it's going to work out. The scoring power that we saw from the half forward line from Kilkenny, and you can almost include where Adrian Mullen was popping up in positions around the half-forward line, kind of in a more attacking midfield role, up against this Limerick half-back line, which is so settled, who are also so important with how Limerick actually distribute the ball out as well. That zone in the field is going to be intriguing on Sunday. Yeah, like, <clears throat> witnessing firsthand how Limerick backs operate, you know, they're, they're, I, I've said it a thousand times, they're a fantastic unit, and but they seem to have this... Or, this great ability to remain in their own positions. Like it's rare you see a Jimmer Burns ending up on the seven wing or a Declan Hannon ending up on the you know at midfield or in a four corner etc etc. So they, they they're excellent at uh, at staying in their set positions. But their full back line the right move. I, I watched Nash and Casey and Finn. They go amongst the line the three. Of them. It doesn't really seem to matter because they're all good hurlers, good defenders, and they can play the ball out well. But the half back line really seem to move. That's why I asked Murphy about the tactics. I'm wondering. If I'm, if I'm Cody, I'm left. And what do I do with my half forward? And how do I get him on as much ball as possible to drag out the, the Limerick mid, uh, half back line to create space for inside? And at the minute, like no team has really nailed it as such. I just think that they have the, in, the inside forwards in Kinney have, have a seriously tough job because they have to work like like dogs, to be honest, to shut down the half back line, first of all. And also, when Kinney have the ball, to get themselves into space and to occupy the half back line and get the Limerick half back line going back to their own goal. That's the direction you want them. You, you don't want Declan Hannon or, or Kyle A's or no, sorry, or Jimmy Bourne's coming forward looking for shots. You want them to go back to their own goal and try to defend and pin them back and make the pitch, you know, as small for those guys as possible. Because that, that's their platform. And in fairness, like what they do, so much of what they do comes from their backs. And even I know everyone gets the plaudits, Land and Flanagan, and rightfully so, because they do some great shooting. But like the, the heartbeat of the team and where it all comes from comes from their backs out the way and they make the job the, the jobs the forwards a bit easier in my opinion and uh, crucial to that is the likes of Declan Hannon you need to be occupying Declan Hannon to defend you want him defending all day all day defending you don't want him to have his hands on the ball at all so I just want to know how that's going to happen because the reason I asked you the question Mark, was because I do watch Cody and I think to see use TJ nearly as a, a pawn to place him into the corner forward to see who they're going to put on him didn't bring him out and see does he stick with him and move the opposition defence around a bit. You know That's what I saw against clear. They put him in the corner, Paul Fennigan hops onto him, right, let's bring Paul Fennigan out to midfield. You know, yeah. Bring him into a zone where he'd think he wouldn't be used to. You know, on an inter-corner setup. So I'm wondering how does he operate TG Reid? Then I'm thinking, does he put Adrian Mullen out of the blue? Does he put him somewhere in around there? You know, Just try and upset things a small bit. Because yeah. um, that's, <coughs> that's what I'd be trying to do. I'd be trying to get the Limerick defenders kind of out of their comfort zone a bit which is very very difficult because they're, they're seasoned campaigners and like a, a big word I used before is experience so they seem to have the answer for any team for this year so they haven't been beaten essentially they might mind the league for a moment but they haven't been beaten in championship and they have a massive run on in terms of unbeaten in championship games so they seem to always find the answer for whatever an opposition team throws at them and like in fairness from a Galway perspective Galway moved very well they moved forwards around they got into different positions tried long range shooting tried to get ball in the corners and Limerick just seemed to wear it down and then rode out the last five or seven minutes. So it, that was, it was very impressive. That's where I came away from the semi-final looking at them going, geez, they, they, 
they took they absorbed all the pressure that Galway gave them whether it was something that they expected or they didn't expect and they adapted fierce well you know which which I suppose Kilkenny didn't have to do that against Clare to be honest um, mm. so I, that's why I'm, I'm, it's very intriguing for me as kind of if you want to call it an analyst looking in and saying how does Cody attack Limerick because Limerick could come you'd imagine with the same platform they all, all the time the same team the same personnel you know, obviously the Lynch dynamic etc and the same pattern of play but Cody I think is going to have to throw something a little different because I, I think what they did against Clare they, they need 90% of that again to repeat but they just need something a little different what's that I don't know <laughs> it's hard for me to say what, what it is but something different maybe we haven't seen before whether it's I just know introducing Walter Walsh, putting him in on top of you know a Jimmy Burns or Declan, Declan Hannon and pumping the ball down the middle. I just don't know, but I just think, think something needs to be uh, needs to be newly thrown at them. Mm. Paul, that's a tactic they could look at potentially. I mean, the one time that I think Limerick's half back line have been unsettled this year, we have to go way back to the Tipperary game very early in the Munster Championship, where Tipperary were able to create some overloads. They used the puck out very effectively to get in on that half back line. Then. Limerick sorted it out during the game. You know, Skell talks about finding solutions. You during the game they were able to fix it. But for times, Tipperary got a little bit of joy, particularly, you know, pushing overloads onto both wings that day. Yeah, that's it. That's it. that's exactly it. And Kilkenny will look and say, What kind of questions let's say have previously been asked of Limerick that have you know, the teams have done that, that have worked? And also what could we now newly let's say bring to the table that maybe Limerick haven't seen before and I'd, I'd agree with you James like is in what way Brian Cody is thinking I think the likes of yeah so like TJ obviously being every team has this kind of outstanding player that it, it, you can use him like a pawn to go right let's see who they want to actually mark him and let's say for example it's Sean Finn to go in and I don't think Limerick see Limerick are such a strong team I don't, don't think they overly hang their coat on doing something like this but let's say TJ goes in and Sean Finn marks him if TJ drifts out, like Sean Finn won't follow, he might follow him for a minute or so until they can reset. Like, but I don't think Limerick are too concerned with the likes of that. But I think what they might do would be, you know, the likes of Adrian Mullen starting on the wing. I think they'll target the likes of Adrian Mullen because he scored five points from play the last time. It's really influential. So I think they'll be saying, listen, let's keep an eye on Adrian Mullen and of course TJ. But they might start Adrian at centre forward and kind of go, wait now, he's starting on Declan Hannon. Like obviously we don't have Declan Hannon pinned down to go and man mark someone. We'd like to Declan Hannon to be orchestrated and everything here. So now Adrian Mullen is maybe stepping out to midfield and Declan Hannon's going, okay, do I have to follow him now or do I not follow? Those are the questions they're going to want to ask. And then likewise, like I said, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Walter Welch down on the programme to start at wing forward, but he's actually in at full forward. And then suddenly Mike Casey is standing on the edge of the box going, and we saw, you know, one long ball into uh, the Galway full forward line goal the last day. So maybe they're saying, okay, if we make the Limerick full back line sit very deep, sit right down onto their 14, well, that will create a bit of space for our half forward line. And let's say the Galway match as well. Galway got a bit of return from that middle field area literally between the 265s and they talk about this middle third like even tighter again than that the midfield area 265s how many points did they bang over in the first half from that area so I think what Kilkenny will do is try and you know get a lot of ball through that area because the Limerick defence the half back line will want to sit back that little bit more so Kilkenny have to ask the question of them to basically say listen you may step up on us or we're going to start putting balls over the bar and if Limerick do that well, now suddenly there's 40, 50 yards of space into that full forward line that's now sitting deep on the 14. So like that's the arm wrestle. And for me, overall, Limerick will have the system. But what Kilkenny have proven is that they're the team this year to poke holes in systems. So I think Kilkenny will look and go, OK, like obviously we have a game plan. We're not, you know, going out here real negative, trying to, I suppose, you know, not impose our game plan on Limerick. But we're certainly going to try and stop Limerick 
from playing the, the way that they want to play. And I think one really important thing that if Kilkenny want to win this, what they have to do is, let's say a ball lands down in the Kilkenny right half back position on Mikey Carey and he's with Garrod Hegarty. You know, Mikey Carey will be fighting there, but you'll see the likes of the wing forward, be it Adrian Mullen or whoever, fleeting back down off that wing to, to support Mikey Carey there. And if Garrod Hegarty wins it, well, suddenly he, there's a man on his back that he's not seeing coming and Adrian Mullen will be in trying to break it. But there's a chain reaction there that has to happen in that, you know, Adrian Mullen is now up there. You potentially have Dan Morrissey free. There's a knock-on effect. There's a domino effect around the pitch. The players now have to be looking going, okay, who's the next man to go to? And that, that goes as far as literally the left half forward for Kilkenny looking across the wing going, okay, the ball is out in the other wing at the moment, but is Dermot Burns gone fleeting up the side here now that they're going to spray the ball across into him? I have to be now tracking that man. Like, this is how far ahead the Kilkenny players have to be thinking on their feet on Sunday. And for any game to work, and there's a huge attrition rate trying to do that, but the bottom line is that's what Kilkenny have to do in terms of work rate and, and a tactic to actually turn over this Limerick team. It's an enormous task, but I think Kilkenny are well aware of what they have to do. James, and what we expect out of Limerick, Mert Costello was in contact. Can Limerick actually bring a full 70-minute display? Haven't done so, so far this year. I guess by the 70-minute display here, we're talking about something akin to the last two All-Ireland finals, the All-Ireland semi-final from last year, where you know, they've blown Waterford and Cork away on the big occasions in All-Ireland finals and you know, put in a whirlwind performance. Haven't quite seen that from Limerick so far this year. It's been a case of getting the job done. In the Munster final, they hurled at a high level but needed extra time to get past Clare. Do you reckon there's a big Limerick performance, something akin to what we saw maybe over the yeah. last two years in All Ireland finals coming up? That's a tricky kind of question to answer because, like, you're, those two performances you reference was it was called it's like total hurling. You know, you see in the Barcelona the IX days, total football. That's what it was. It was total hurling. Like, if you're looking at uh, to mix the the an exhibition style game with the workman like performance, that there that's it. You know, that was full seventy minutes. Like, will that be produced? I don't think they'll be less produced. Like, what's a full seventy minutes? Is when the lead from the first second to the end? Is that a full 70 minutes of hurling? I just think it's going to be a really good contest. I think Kilkenny are going to really put up, like, really put up some. And that's, that's not to be disingenuous to Kilkenny, but like, it's it's the fact that I just don't think Limerick are going to have what some people might class as an, as an easy ride, or they might get 70 minutes of, of an easy ride and be in the lead from minute one and finish off the game as champions. I, don't, I think this game is going to ebb and flow and be you know, back and forth and like a, nearly like a heavyweight bout where there'll be plenty of punches thrown and just who's going to last until the last you know, 65 minutes onwards. That's the key... That's one of the key, definitely the key areas. Like, and at the end of the day, Kilkenny look at this game. They only have to lead once. You know, they just have to lead once, and that's when the final whistle is blown. You don't have to be leading the first ten minutes, whatever. Great if you were, but you just have to lead once. So if you were to just keep dogging Limerick and dogging them and dogging them so so much that you lead once, then great. This total performance, Limerick, they're liable to do it. Like they're an exceptional team, and even when you go through laughing <laughs> ratings of players, like I do for every final, they say they're you know, on an individual basis they're exceptional, and then when you collate them all together. You know, the rating becomes becomes crazy because again for a number of reasons one they've done it they've proven it so it's not as if we're making this up you know and we're, we're saying this this might happen they've done it we've seen it happen and they're able to do it to anyone and like number two is that they have backup so like when you have the first 15 guys that we just we're toying with Keen Lynch possibly not starting you know let's say he doesn't start for the crack let's say he doesn't start Keen Lynch doesn't start you bring in him you bring in as you said Peter Casey you bring in Con O'Neill so they've got cavalry so they've got guys that can sustain from from the first second to potentially 85 minutes. Do you know what I mean? So they, they've got uh, an embarrassment of riches, if you ask me. Are they going to produce a, uh, a 70-minute performance? I, certainly, they will not do to Kilkenny what they did to Cork last year. Not a hope. I'll tell you that 100% not going to happen. 
Um, the year before against Watford, they got far too much space. That won't happen either. I think it's going to be a very, very tight contest. And again, I'm going to call it right now, Murph. I'm going to say Limerick by three. You know, that's that's just putting full respect on Limerick's name for what they've achieved and what they've done and the clientele they have. And the clientele they have. Simple as that. Right off camera, I can definitely hear Scale's infamous notebook, which is open at the moment. So I think we're going to we're going to get these player ratings in a moment. But Paul, tell us, can what are you expecting from the Limerick performance? Then this idea of a, a seventy-minute total display again from them, and then we'll get Scale's player rankings after that. Yeah, well, look, we haven't seen a full seventy-minute. The closest thing, I suppose, the Munster final. See, it's a, exactly like James said. What classifies a seventy-minute? Probably last All Ireland final that classified it, but. Um, it was a total hurling where they totally challenged, you know, significantly that day enough to, to, to warrant, you know, would they have hurled 50 or 60 minutes that day? But I don't know. Um, certainly the, the, the semi-final wasn't 70 minutes of hurling. I'd agree. I don't think Kilkenny will let them have, have it their own way in the All-Ireland final. Um, the one thing, the terms and conditions that apply with this Limerick team is they are the generational team at the moment in that they're, they're just an exceptional group of players and, you know, no more than when they were down by 10 points against Tipperary and suddenly they just turn it around. You know, it's they're, they're capable of incredible things. But I do believe, and again, you know, I'll give my verdict in a while, but, you know, I just, this Kilkenny team has been progressing, you know, really well this year. Um, they've been written off a good few times now, but they've also been given, you know, their 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 credit when it's been deserved. Um, but I just feel that, you know, the performance in the semi-final was just an indication as to where they're going and the fact that they're going to be looking at Limerick now going, we know exactly what's in front of us here. We're not nervous. We're going to relish what's in front of us. And this is an enormous opportunity for us as a group of Kilkenny players to do what a lot of people said wasn't possible for this team and go out and win in All-Ireland. And I know a lot of people will turn and say, they'll probably put a lot of credit on Brian. You know, I believe the team will win in All-Ireland. But a lot of credit would be put on Brian saying, isn't it an incredible achievement out of Brian that, you know, you know, winning All-Ireland with this team. Um, but a lot of players will be looking at, that's down to the players to actually go out and win this All-Ireland. And I think the players that are there are going, this is an absolutely incredible opportunity for us as a group to go up and quiet a lot of naysayers here and go win in All-Ireland and do what some people have said were impossible, which I think is a bit ridiculous for this team. So, um, you know, personally myself, I, I think Kilkenny are going to win it. And I think they're going to win it because we haven't seen that 70-minute performance from Limerick yet. So the door is open there for Kilkenny. And like I said, Kilkenny have proven to be the team that can poke holes in your game plan and I think they'll relish the idea of, you know, All-Ireland final day, this Limerick team, what an occasion to go and prove the type of team you are and to go and beat the current All-Ireland champions and one of the best teams of any generation. Yeah, it's, it's no bad thing to be calling a team a good spoiler. We saw it this year with what Kilkenny Rebels do in the Leinster final, what they did to Clare the last day too. There's plenty of evidence, even a team who've lost two games this year, still when it comes to the big occasion, this team can definitely uh, get right in your face and stop you from doing your normal game plan, which can be half the battle. So that means we come to Scales player ratings ahead of the All-Ireland final. Because you mentioned this at the Roadshow. You were saying you used to love looking at you know, when the teams were laid out before the games. You've, you've done your own player rankings here, James. Yeah, I just love looking at it and saying, what, what's the mind space of the person doing it? You know what I mean? Because like, his, opinion, his or her opinion could, could vary so much from mine. I'd just like to, sorry, James, jump across to you there. I love when you text us in the WhatsApp group and say, geez, lads, I'm flat out. You always seem to be flat out. And then you come with a job that no one asked you to do. I have player ratings for every person on the team. Do you know what I mean? Right before the show, lads, I've done player ratings for everything. So, like, at some stage, you're going to call you out in this whole, geez, lads, I'm flat out. I don't know. Might, might I, 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 the right reply, right? You're a, public, <laughs> you're a public servant, right? Which means there's only eight hours in your day. Uh, 24 there's 24, 24 hours of my day right okay. <laughs> <laughs> right go on go on 
<laughs> oh, I'm happy. I'm happy with that response now. I have to say. <laughs> I tell you, okay. Will I start with the cumulative first, or will I go individually? You oh. do. You do. You, James. We're just going to mute here, and you do yeah. you. You Ricky set the parameters. Ricky I'm having Quaid a drink. One and Paul Murphy, <laughs> nine each. Is that fair? Yeah. Sean Finn, nine. Mikey Butler, nine. On, on his current his performance so far. Mikey Carey, Mikey Casey, eight. Hugh Lawler, nine. Uh, Barry Nash, nine. Tommy Walsh, seven. Jimmy Burns, nine. Mikey Carey, seven. Declan Hannon and Richie Reid, eight. Dan Morrissey, seven. Paddy Deegan, eight. Willa Donoghue, eight. Adrian Mullen, nine. Keen, I put in Keane Lynch midfield, nine. Yeah. Connor Brown, seven. Gareth Hegarty, on current, eight. Owen Cody, eight. Kyle Hayes, nine. Porrick Walsh, seven. Tom Morrissey, eight. TJ Reid, nine. Aaron Gillen, nine. Billy Ryan, seven. Seamus Flanagan, eight. Martin Kjogan, seven. And Graham McCahey and Keane Kenny, seven each. It gives a cumulative 125 versus 118. In favour of Limerick? Yes. Yeah. I'm not being too harsh now because I've been accused of being overly harsh and just shooting that from the hip. So I think I've put a bit of thought into that one. <laughs> Anyone that stands out, Murph, that you don't like the particular ratings for there? Um, yeah, like a tough one there, I suppose. Tom, if, if you were putting the likes of Keane Kenny down as a seven scoring one two in the last game you know being influential but Tom Morrissey's an eight after being taken off in the last game yeah like there's a few there that could be argued there as well um, I'm trying to think who else you obviously you called him out there fairly quick so I couldn't actually think I, I actually I made sure I called him out very fast <laughs> yeah, yeah no look in fairness look as in like I mean I think any as I was saying to you, you you were saying the breakdown first I think if any player comes off a pitch and they open up any of the papers the following morning and a seven is beside their name I think that's you know great credit to a player so I don't think any player could be disheartened by any of those ratings if you lashed out a few fours or fives there now I would have been up in arms and I would have cut you off but uh yeah, no, I'll, I'll let you, I'll no, let you was, have your speak on that. I was accused yesterday of being anti-clear, so anymore when I do a clear ratings, I'm going to lash out four or fives. <laughs> I presume this anti-clear sentiment came from your game against Ballier, did it? Correct, yeah, right. great. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and probably the fact that I flipping forgot to put Tony Kelly in my top five, yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. just say he's as good in person as he is in the television, let's put it that way, yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad Tony Kelly didn't come over and take any uh, exception to what you've been saying about him this year then. No, not at all. Jesus, that's the less he wouldn't deal with a small folk like me. <laughs> Simple as that, yeah, no way. And no bog man like you. No, no bog man like me just wants to go <laughs> play the game and go home, you know what I'm saying? let the club But the umpire, the umpire in the second half, I walked down, uh, I'd say he was 20 years of age. I scared, why are you so anti clear? Jeez, <laughs> like, oh, I am not clear. <laughs> ah, yeah, you're saying to us the whole time off there, yeah. Well, you're anti Cork. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. You were saying to us the whole time off there, you are. You may ask Dermot O'Sullivan about that. I'm very biased. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who was he aiming them digs at? Scal, did you feel very, very put out given that he pretty much name-checked all of the uh, off-the-ball pundits particularly as being fair and I did not hear James Scal in the rock speech whatsoever? Oh, if you know me, Will at all, I have a terrible, terrible thick skin. But I think I'm probably the maker of my own downfall there. I would probably put a bet on that I said something to him that I shouldn't have said in a game. Do you know what I mean? That probably, uh, yeah, probably didn't go down too well or probably said something about Cork or something. This is liable. That's what I'm liable to do these days. If you say something during the game from your own goal and the opposition fullback hears it, yeah. you've fairly shouted Well, he may that. have got sent off right in a game and I may, in my young and youthfulness and stupidity... Right. what game was this? Let's sit in on this because you can remember the exact moment here where you've... And I guarantee you, he forgets it, like. 
you know, this is the thing like <laughs> just like, he forgets it because it's, it's like the Tony Kelly effect. He doesn't he doesn't <laughs> put in or out with him. I just, remember, I just remember Jordan Nan turning to me and just giving out to me for being this young Wayne bull that wanted to just stay in your goal like a good lad, will you? Kenning's <laughs> uh, debut or not his debut but the, do you remember the two twelve game he got the incredible game yeah mm. yeah savage game like and I think uh, The Rock was sent off after not The Rock sorry Jay, your man the goalie uh, Don Logue why is his name gone for me Don, Don Logue Log, yeah Jesus <laughs> sorry was sent off after uh, I think midway through the first half or something like that or second half or something was it him with The Rock? Don't know got that was sent off. Don't know got sent off. In that yeah, game. it was him because I know yeah. he, they're club mates, yeah, and I know The Rock got split. And I just, I don't know, maybe half time I was just saying something I should have said, to be honest. But, Brood. yeah. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Come, so coming up on 15 years, I'm pretty impressed that he holds grudges that long. If not, <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm saying it for the crack, do you know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that follows me. You're laughing, I laugh there, Murphy, when you're on about Eddie Brennan. Uh, I can laugh at it now, let's say. I wasn't laughing at the time. But uh, Eddie Brennan hitting lads just like, you know, we played a league game. This is the O eight league as well, league final against Tip. And I said, I go out now and I take a free. And as I'm going out, I I, uh, I I hit the free, sorry, I scored the free. And as I'm coming back in, did I hit, hit Larry Cobb with a shoulder? And I'm saying, cheers, I'm on it now, boy. I'm feeling good now. I'm 19 or 20 years of age. Next ball comes in, I misread it entirely. Goes through my legs, goal. <laughs> I said, oh, fuck yeah. this, I'm not going to show the legs again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that didn't go too well for me, Marf. <laughs> young, young and dumb. <laughs> right, before we get your final predictions, because I know that uh, James has already opted for Limerick here, um, Dahi Conway's in contact. I'll throw this one to you, Paul. Do Kilkenny have the subs to keep the intensity going for 70 to 75 minutes? A lot of energy is going to go into the first 50 minutes of the game at the weekend. Yeah, they do. I have no doubt about it. Like, I mean, any of the teams I've seen for Kilkenny um, like half the time I'm wondering how, why isn't such and such a player starting or so on which is a good complaint like if you have players on the bench any team that nearly that's named you kind of ask why isn't this player starting why isn't that player starting like if you look at the few players on the bench let's say potentially from the last day okay Conor Fogarty was injured but let's say the, the team that started last day and we have every other player then is available after that you know you look at the bench there where you have Killian Buckley like Walter Welsh came on David Blanchfield was like young hurler of the league or hurler of the league whatever you, you know whatever you, he was left half back of the league anyway great player and only came on for a few minutes last day there's, there's loads of players there that could certainly well that are, are capable of doing any job that um that Brian has in store for him. Like Richie Hogan was on the bench the last day, wasn't used again. There's so many players there, James Marr, Alan Murphy. There's lots of lads that, you know, it's like a Swiss army knife in terms of whatever job you want them to do. There, there's a player there that I fully know can do the job that they'll want to do. Um, if it's a simple case of, for Kilkenny last in the 70 minutes and, and, um, and you know, staying with, with Limerick that day, Kilkenny, for me, looking at them and looking at all the games they've played this year, whatever, if people want to argue about hurling teams or whatever, they're, the, they're absolutely on a par with any team, if not better, in terms of conditioning. Like, if we look at the lads, and I've, you know, I went down to the river there one of the days, went down to Conor Fogarty just to go for an old recovery. Hadn't seen him in a few weeks, said so to go down. And here was a few of the lads, own Cody, Mossy Kyo, and Conor Brown, all the boys were inside in it. And, uh, like, sure, all the boys were in the tops off. And I was going, Jesus Christ, these lads are huge. They weren't this big when I left the panel now, but they're big now. But the condition and the shape that they're in, you know, if they if them boys can't go 70 minutes, there's no team in the country can do it. So I'd have no fear of whatever 15 Kilkenny put out, that 10 of them will last the 70 minutes, no problem. And whatever five then Kilkenny bring in just to, I suppose, give the extra shot in the arm going down the home straight, I've no fear about it. They're in exceptional condition. Um, 
and a lot of credit has been given to strength and conditioning coach Mickey Comfort again because I'm sure Limerick have their you know strength and conditioning staff that are in you know they have them obviously we've seen the pictures of how how you know great condition they're in but I have no doubt and just seeing the Kilkenny lads the the nick they're in at the moment they'll 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 last the 70 minutes 75 minutes 80 minutes whatever it's going to be um and I'd, I'd have no fears from that point of view of lasting the rate um with this Limerick team yeah, I did enjoy David Herity last week. I'm not sure if you guys caught it. He had two wonderful pop culture references. He was talking about Brian Cody and Cody being the overseer of everything that happens in Kilkenny training. And he compared him to Sauron's eye in The Lord of the Rings. And the other one he had was for Richie Hogan's scale, where he talked about the, effectively the line from the Dark Knight, the Batman movie, where you stay around long enough to be the hero, then you become the villain. And he was saying, possibly after what happened in 2019, if Richie Hogan gets on the pitch and has a telling contribution against Limerick, maybe he can become the hero once again. I thought there were two very good references. I don't know if Richie Hogan gets on. I mean, all talk is, Skelton, I know Paul will have to probably keep his counsel on this, even if he does know if Richie Hogan is going well in training. Like we saw only a couple of years ago in the Leinster final against Galway, what he can do if he's sprung from the bench. He's been starved of game time this year, but the reports seem to be that he's going quite well in training. Well, first things first, like, is the man fit? Can you tell us that, Pushmarf? He is, yeah. He's fit, yeah. So if he's, he's fit, he, like... He, Richie Hogan's been fit for six months. Why is he not playing okay. then? Fuck. Well, I, I don't... I, I can't answer that question. Um, no, but one thing I would say, and it's not speaking <laughs> hey, out of the turn, like, hey, Richie... Hey, you can't or you won't? Which is it? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know the reason why he's not playing. That's the bottom line. Like, You're I too could, straight, I, Murphy. You're too straight. Well, I could speculate <laughs> as to why he's not playing, but, like... Speculate. 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 That's all we're after. That's all we're after. I well, I don't know. Like Richie has had injuries. Maybe there's a little bit of a kind of a if if we play him, you know, will we be taking him off? Or you know, is there a kind of a predisposition there to kind of go, you know, maybe overly analyze the injuries he's had? Like when instead of just going, he's either fit or he's not fit. We have him on the bench. Or we don't have him on the bench. Um, you know, we, we definitely Kilkenny could have got gotten more game time into Richie Hogan over the last while, um, and I think it would have been certainly a fruitful thing to do to get more game time into him. Um, but look, let's say for the Clare match, when Richie Hogan was named on the bench, like the amount of people that were asking me, well, will Richie be starting? And I, never mind, will he come on? This is this is a ploy. He's going to be starting. But if he's not starting, we're definitely going to see 15 or 20 minutes. The funny thing is, against the Clare, in the Clare game, I think if that game was a draw or Kilkenny were down by two points, I think Richie Hogan would have come on. But the fact that Kilkenny were miles ahead, I think Brian kind of opted, I don't know, maybe to throw on, like he threw on a few different players onto the pitch. And I was going... It, 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 I, it's kind of a funny anomaly there that you know if the game was in was in the clutches you know to be won I think we actually would have seen Richie Hogan because he's one of those players that's capable of turning the tide for you but because it wasn't required maybe we didn't see him but Richie's been fit for months um, and that's not speaking of turn like I said he's heard club matches for us um, he's fit he's ready to rock he will start full forward next Sunday if he gives a jersey and he will he will give you everything he has in the tank so I, I, like I said, I'd be speculating if I said maybe why he hasn't. I mean, I don't know what the players see in training. Again, even yesterday after the game, lads were asking me about, like the footballers were asking me about Richie because talk around Kilkenny is he is flying in training. Um, again, I'd never ask any lads who's going well, who's not going well because you, you know yourself, James, it's not your place yeah. to do that. And because of the yeah. form that we have of podcasts and doing interviews you don't want to be asking lads this to make them think that the only reason you're you're talking to them is that you want to get a little nugget of information so yeah, you can go back you know it's a trust thing yeah. Yeah. yeah so i don't ask lads that but you know i have lads coming up to me in kilkenny you might meet a lad for a pint and all i say is i hear richie hogan's destroying lads in training and that's what i'm hearing so i don't know what the story is after that i won't speculate i don't know what the story is i know he's fit 
by all accounts he's flying it in training so after that you know your guess is good as mine maybe David Herity has a good uh, movie analogy to describe the situation but I don't know I don't know the situation at the moment maybe David Herity is the all seeing eye and not Brian Cody (laughs) predictions then James Skell you've already said you're edging towards a Limerick win what by three or four points by, by three, yeah. I'm, I'm just, to be honest, I'm, I'm picking that margin out of my whole will, to be honest. <laughs> I couldn't lie. <laughs> I tell you, it could be three, it could be two, Kilkenny could win it. It's just it's a fine margin. I'm just going to say Dominic by three. That's I've no scientific data to put behind, behind it, okay? That's definitely going to be quoted by Tommy Walsh at some point. Go on, Paul, where are you going? I will go, I'll go Kilkenny by four. By four? Oh, more. Mm. Yeah, Mike I'm drop. just going to say it now. There's been times, there's been times where I felt uh, I held back a little bit in terms of saying where I think you know how much a team is going to win by. Like one of the big regrets I had last year was with the All Ireland in terms of Limerick and and Cork. I thought Limerick would win that match well. Now, but you know, at the time I was saying oh, Limerick will win or whatever, but I couldn't get over when people were saying that I thought Cork was going to win. I just didn't, that, I didn't feel that at all. Like you know, but afterwards, you know, when they saw the big beat and I was there going. Maybe I was a little bit too kind. I think I said at the time they would have won by five or six or whatever like that. But look, Kilkenny Limerick, I genuinely believe at the moment that from what I'm seeing with Kilkenny that they can poke holes in this Limerick team. And again, it goes back to, you know, the Limerick team that we saw in their performances last year. It, it's not up to the same pitch as it has been this year. And that's been a very, like, I mean, I mean, that's picking, that's clutching at straws there now in terms of picking out or splitting hairs even, you know, picking out in terms of their performances. But I do believe if, let's say, Kilkenny pick holes in that Limerick uh, game plan they go at them if you give Kilkenny a chance to go ahead by two or three points I think what did Kilkenny do do really well is game management and t- turn the nail so that or turn the screw so that they go ahead by two scores not that they leave the game coming down the home straight by one point or two points I think they'll be clever enough to get it to a position where they'll maybe be ahead by two points coming in the last few minutes and they get the two scores to turn it out to four points because I think Limerick in the last two or three minutes if Kilkenny are ahead have to push up, have to go that little bit further, have to look for scores, and they leave the back door open then for Kilkenny to go down the other end and knock over two scores. So if I'm being very specific about it, I'll go Kilkenny by the two-score margin by four points. Okay, that's very, very specific. I do like that. Very specific, yeah. Does that mean, Paul, you are kind of guilty of that thing that often happens to pundits in the first year or so of doing punditry, where you're like, I don't want to put too many noses out of joint, so I'll go, ah, Cork will give them a good run, even on the back of your head you're thinking this could be 10 or 15. Yeah, kind of. You're you're feeling it out. Certainly, my like last year was my first year out in the world of uh, of of punditry or whatever you want to call it. But I did at the start. I was trying to. It takes a while to break down the road away that shield as a player you had for years of where you were given these middle of the road answers to, so you get out of the way and like this thing that people give out about that players don't give enough interest in answers. So you know, it it, it took a, a few months to I suppose break that down maybe. But again, yeah, it kind of there's a thing as well of you know before a game when you're asked your opinion you also don't want your opinion to come back um well no there was a time i don't care now but like last year i was maybe a little bit concerned about going oh geez you know what if what if i'm wrong here and i'm wrong by 10 or 15 points you know i don't want to be that far out so it's better to be conservative in those situations but now i don't really care to be honest because skettle will just take the line out he just he'll say something cracked anyway so i'll let him just <laughs> i can say I can say Kilkenny by four and Skettle will Skettle get the headlines because he's picked it out of his hole as he said like so. <laughs> you see Worf I'm, I'm listening to everything you're saying and I'm like Jesus I couldn't give a fuck what people yeah. said in the first year yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe I need to roll back maybe I need to be a bit more like conservative like Morph. a bit more measured like Morph. we'll meet each other halfway we'll do so I'll be a bit more random every so often as well. yeah, I'm going to be more measured now yeah good man don't worry bit late for that now last game of the year of a, like, <laughs> yeah. fair play to you but I did never like yeah, episode, episode what 21 Will is it yeah. <laughs> 
James is going, we have one more after this. And James decided, <laughs> right, I'm going to be a bit more conservative. <laughs> Don't worry, lads. Oh, when you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time, which is uh, <laughs> the thing you got to remember. Now, Detux101 sent a pretty random uh, Thursday, or sorry, Friday night tweet which I was looking at, and basically what he suggested that we would do for a bit of crack, and he said for a quiet week, but then I was like, right, I was uh, sick in bed at the time, and I thought, right, I'm going to have a go at this team anyway. So, unfortunately, I've got to jump ahead on you guys. But basically, the parameters are, you have to pick players who are within 30 miles of your home club. So, Google Maps was getting a bit of a hammering here to make 100% sure that players were inside the 30 miles and so on. So, I'm going to give my team first, and then I'll throw the floor open to both of you. Unfortunately, Self and James are not going to be able to compete with the sheer amount of All-Ireland medals that Murphy's going to be able to do, uh, given where he lives in Kilkenny. But hey, I think our teams are interesting because we've got three provinces and three different counties in them. So, my 15 yeah, then. <laughs> I've got two young hurlers of the year and two hurlers of the year into mine. So happy enough with that. And it's All-Stars 1-15 to 15 as well. So goalkeeper is going to be Stephen Byrne, Kilcormac Kalahi and Offaly. Full-back line, Ollie Canning, Pertumna and Galway. Kevin Kinnahan, Sir Kieran and Offaly at fullback. Martin Hanami of uh, St. Rhinus and Offaly in the other corner. And I've tried to pick the players here in their actual positions as well. We talked about the All-Stars a few weeks ago. They've got Brian Whelan of Borough and Offaly, Brendan Maher of Borsali and Tipperary, and Kevin Martin of Tullamore and Offaly is my half-back line. Tommy Dunn of Tumivara and Tipperary in midfield, alongside Johnny Pilton of Borough and Offaly. Uh, John Troy of Lusma and Offaly, along with Bonner Maher of Lura and Tipperary. And Johnny Dooley of Sir Kieran and Offaly is going to be my... Half forward line, uh, Johnny's brother Billy in one of the corners and you've got Damien Hayes of Pertumna and Galway in the other corner and a certain Joe Canning is going to play at full forward on my team. So that's my 15. That's good. That's, that's very strong. Very Scale, strong. I reckon our 15s probably aren't going to be overly Murph, different here. Hold on a second now. Yeah. Let's the condos in the comments there, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very strong. Very strong. Until you come with a fucking nuclear bomb of a team now in a second. Five minutes ago we <laughs> talked about you being a little bit more conservative. Sorry. Jesus Christ, you didn't even keep it up for five minutes, like, you know. It's called being sound, all right? It's nice to be nice, James. <laughs> oh, that's what my mother always said to me. <laughs> right, that's the good team though, fairness with. Now I, I I must say, right, for people that don't know, I'm in Capitagli, which is East Galway. So, uh, yeah, the, the old 30 mile radius, you know, it just kind of limits me a small bit for, for hurling counties, put it that way to you. So I can only go south. I can only go... Out in the Iron Islands direction, like, is it? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll, shoot, I'll shoot the breeze. So, so I have, I have Colin Cannon, uh, Kinvara Galway, Pete Finnerty, Mullia and Galway, Dahi Burke, Turlock and Galway, Ollie Kenning, I have Brian Whelan, Boran Offaly, Tony Keady, Climber Daly and Galway, and I have Brendan Bugler, Whitegate and Clare. He snuck in, a bit like you and Brendan Maher will... He just snuck in by, you know, I'd say his room is in, is in the 30 mile radius and the bathroom is, is outside it. <laughs> yeah, it was 200 uh, feet for Barcelona to get them inside, but go on. <laughs> I have David Burke from St. Thomas's in Galway, Johnny Pickleton, Burr, Galway. I have Kevin Broderick, Abigenari in Galway, Joe Cooney Sr., uh, Sarsfields in Galway, Bonner Maher, Laura, Damien Hayes, Joe Canning, and Connor Wheeler. Uh, and we take on the bestie. Our lads. So Morph, um, you have to go now, have you? It's a beer garden with Kilkenny footballers calling <laughs> yeah. there. Look, 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 your wife is going there, Morph. We'll yeah, put yeah. him off. 
Um, I actually made one amendment there because when I thought of a player that I was like, I wanted to, I, I was having wicked, wicked hard times with my forwards here. And to be fair, again, a disclaimer to the, to the team I sent to you yesterday. I was driving into Ratcool yesterday on the team bus. There was lads singing Sweet Caroline Neverton, and I gave you 15 just to get you away from me because you were texting me away there. But, um, yeah, so I'll make an amendment, uh, and I'll let you. Yeah, you'll know which. Who's which, the, which amendment. the amendment like? Who's gonna, the person that comes out? Here, I don't want to drop out. No, I'm not going to say the player because I don't want to drop him out. If you thought I was in my first team, but now I'm dropping him, so I don't. But anyway, on in the goal, on Murphy, then more. McAvena, Freshford, Noel Hickey, Donahagan, Jackie Hill, James Stevens, Tommy Welsh, Tullerone, Brian Hogan, Noel Acklands, JJ Delaney, the Fenians. I'm going to put Richie Hogan and McFenley in the middle of the field. Uh, Richie Power, Henry Shefflin, TJ Reid. Eddie Brennan, DJ Kerry, Owen Kelly. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and Have you actually can, talked up the stats say, on this? Uh, like all Ireland's and all stars here. Yeah, there is uh, 111 All Irelands there. Um, I that's All Stars. Um, more if I was counting, I was saying I was counting, and I got to your half back lane, and I got over 40 or five All or All Irelands. Well, I, I was just at, give up. I just I give up. I was at 20 there by the time I was on Noel Hickey, so I was wondering if I said, I'm going to slow it down here. Now, if, if we're talking Monday, hopefully now I'll be able to add another three All-Irelands to that one there as well. So hopefully we'll be up to 114 by, by next Monday. So uh, I will see. But yeah, look, and as well, Mr. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't go fully kill Kenny. Owen Kelly's in there as well. Give credit to the man. Played him a few weeks ago against Mullinahone, and he's still, uh, he actually broke a hurl. We played Mullinahone a few weeks ago in a match. And... Uh, Myself and Owen were actually at one stage too. I was centre back, he was centre forward. He broke a hurl. And now the way he broke it, so let's say like he broke it like a splice, basically. And I am saying hurl as well, not hurly, it is a hurl. Yeah. And uh, so he broke it like a splice, not in half. So there's a big lump gone out of it from the boss. And uh, a few of our boys were running after him. And he went and he rose the ball with half a boss, basically, had a look around, took a solo, look around again, and then poked the ball like the boss was fully working, like there was a full boss there. Poked the ball across about 20 yards to a fella and they put the ball over the bar. So Owen Kelly, I won't, whatever age he is now, I'm sure he's late 30s anyway, is, uh, is still operating from Mullen Hohen. So uh, have to give him uh, have to give him his credit there and definitely definitely in my team. Jesus, if he's in 30 miles, Owen Kelly's on any team. Is he still running the show for them then at club level? Like, is he still taking the freeze and... Yeah, yeah, he is. Well, he, he yeah, he was taking the freeze that night anyway and fickle, he was clever. We were there and obviously it was a challenge match and there was lots of players being played. Um, it was actually a great match as well, great evening for it, but he got a free on this, kind of close to the sideline, nearly on the 21, and one of his own players, a kind of a younger fellow, was running in towards the goal and Kelly let her roar at him and as the lad turned around, the ball was coming at him because our lad wasn't marking him anymore and sure they hung it up in the net like so. Like the hurling brain, which is a huge thing, never mind, a lot of people talk about the fitness and the physicality. The brain and the hands are the huge thing, obviously, with hurling. But uh, it's all there for Owen Kelly at the moment. So I'm not sure in terms of championship, you know, is he is he out centre forward or where is he playing? Like, But he just seemed to have a free roll that night. But he's still, it's just great to see the likes of Owen Kelly still playing for Mullinahone. Yeah, absolute legend of the game. If you want to take part, by the way, particularly in the YouTube, just stick it into the comments. So the rule is the players that you pick have to be within 30 miles of your home club. Outside of that, be as creative as you want with who you pick. But uh, interesting to see where some of the listeners are going to come from, particularly those who are in Munster might have very different selections, very different areas they're picking from. Uh, Scale and I particularly benefiting from being and close need, to the borders uh, of counties. And as well, Will, we need to put in three provinces. You can't just have one province. So you're just making Murph's team as null and void, is it? I'm just thinking geographically, can you get Ge- to the third Geographically, province? what province do you want me to go to the certain yeah, ones so, from? So Murph, you're out. You're out, Murph. You're out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. 
Get off the bus. Get off take the your, bus, right? Take so your 116 all Ireland's and put <laughs> Just make up a few rules there that makes me stop picking yeah. players. And you can't yeah. have players, like, if you know, so you can't have lads with a H in their name, so Henry's out there. You can't yeah. have lads with, you know, syllables. Uh, TJ, JJ, yeah, all, get all them a DJ, get them out. Done, done. You Not have out. to have full names. Not out. <laughs> Most most importantly, Paul, before we let you back to the celebration of the footballers, you've got your ticket for this weekend, do you? I have, yeah, I have a ticket. Uh, I haven't put my hands on it yet, but I'm, I'm. Uh, oh, I'm, wished. I'm uh, sorry, <laughs> well, I saw, I saw Mister. I don't know who where Mister. Paddy Andrew was up at the match yesterday. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Will. Where are the three of us going up there? There you go. They're in the press box. Yeah. Where are the three of us going someday? No. <laughs> You can uh, you can divert that towards the uh, the weekend the weekend producers on off the ball who've probably given the tickets away to Tommy Welsh already. Yeah. You may send an email to complaints at off the ball and explain who you are the whole lot. Yeah, because I hope that website well, doesn't exist. I'll be sitting in the middle of the crowd in the middle of a Kilkenny crowd, hopefully somewhere anyway. So I don't care as long as I have eyes on the match. I couldn't care less where I am. That is episode twenty one of the Hurling Pod, lads. Looking forward to the breakdown of the All Ireland final and uh, good luck at Kilkenny at the weekend as well, Paul in the final and good look to James and your prediction that Limerick are going to win lads we'll chat to you next week see you lads good luck